so zero mile marks at the beginning of your journey and you just keep trucking. You keep going, you, you go a little further, a little higher, a little farther. And we kind of liked how that related to all aspects of life, not just getting out on the trails or whatever sport you're into. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, where we talk to athletes, adventurers, and business owners from around the world of adventure sports. Whether you're climbing Mount Everest, starting a bike shop, or getting up off your couch to take your kids hiking for the first time, we want you to have the motivation and inspiration you need to chase that next adventure. The Adventure Sports Podcast is brought to you by Camp Crate, the leaders in fully planned self-guided backpacking adventures, as well as backpacking gear rental. You can check them out at campcrate.net. Hey, everybody. Hope you had a good week so far. It is Friday, so it is a Life Outside the Box episode. And today, we are talking to Brian Connolly. He is the founder of Zero Mile Mark. It's a gear company, and he's an outdoor enthusiast. Uh, he loves to hike, loves to backpack, U.S. veteran, and he wanted to make gear himself. And he's just going to talk to us a little bit about that experience and his motivation behind it. And yeah, I really hope you enjoy it because I, I gained a lot of insight. Let us know what you think about these Life Outside the Box episodes. We try to balance it with people who are living a life outside the box in a way that's attainable for most of us. And we also talk to people where it's just like, I'll never be able to do that, but it's really cool that you can. <laughs> um, like a family of eight that can hike the AT with infant children. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. Um, but Brian's story is cool because he had an idea and started acting on it and left his previous job and still maintains a normal life, but works very hard on getting people outdoors and connecting people with uh, the things that they need for their adventures. So really cool to hear from them. And uh, we talk a lot about micro branding, which is basically not trying to be, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be small. That's something I'm learning. Uh, you know, you don't have to grow to the point you take over REI. You don't have, when you go and do an adventure, it's the same thing. You don't have to grow and do something so outrageously huge that it garners the attention of, of all the media. You know what I mean? That's uh, I used to kind of be trapped by that, thinking that all my adventures over time had to get bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, which in a way is exciting, but also in a way it's unattainable as time goes on. I mean, my body can't hold up or my schedule and responsibilities don't don't allow it. So I'm beginning to learn again the value of small steps and the value of small accomplishments. I only have Saturday. I'm going to go for a hike. I only have this much time or this much effort or this much money. Let's try to put this idea I had onto paper and see if we can make it a thing in the outdoors and see if other people want it too, you know? Um, but I hope you enjoy the conversation. Let us know what you think about these episodes and Always, as always, please share the show. Share it with your friends and family. Share it on social media. Um, sorry, my phone just went off. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, someone shared our post on social media. That's awesome. Um, 
yeah, so please keep getting the word out there. We had another awesome month. Uh, January was our best month ever. And uh, February being a short month, uh, we took that in consideration. But our daily average listenership has gone up dramatically in the last few months. So keep it up. Keep sharing. Uh, keep supporting the show. Um, you know, we there's there's two main ways that the show is supported financially, and that's through Patreon, um, the patrons that, that support it financially each month and you can do that at patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast and also sponsorships and speaking of them we have three this month that is peak refuel they make the best freeze-dried meals in the world period check them out peakrefuel.com asp20 to get 20 percent off then we have hemp daddy's cbd oil uh, that has definitely helped my knees in the last month and you can go to their website, hempdaddies.com, and get 10% off using the code ADVENTURE. And also, check out Powder 7 Ski Shop. They ship nationwide uh, used and brand new ski equipment, so you can get a great deal. I'm a huge fan of used gear. Y'all know I, I, I don't like brand new stuff. Uh, I think it's overrated a lot of times. Um, I'm going to do, I'm going to be doing an episode about gear coming up and my philosophy, philosophy behind gear and how your next trip doesn't have to be thousands of dollars worth of gear. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Hope you are too. Anyway, here is today's episode and please, please, if you have feedback for the show, reach out to us. We love hearing from our listeners and, uh, have a great weekend. Do something exciting. All right. All right, everybody. So welcome to today's episode. Uh, we have Brian Connolly, and uh, he he's the co-founder, CEO, co-owner of uh, Zero Mile Mark. They make uh, backpacking gear and camping equipment and just kind of all kinds of stuff. But they're you guys are a relatively new business that is that is uh you know muscling their way into the backpacking and camping world. Um, welcome to the show, Brian. Hey Mason, thanks for having me. Um, I've actually found your show recently, and I'm—I became a fan. I've listened to quite a few episodes, all the way from James Colley with Ice Mule, uh, J.R. Harris, the New York City fellow. Oh yeah, uh, he, was, he was fantastic. Um, what an adventure just to go out on his own and uh, explore the Alaska trip. It, it was really good. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, he—he, he, uh, man, fascinating people. I just can't. What blows my mind is. New York City to to come back from like three weeks in the middle of nowhere, all by yourself to go straight to New York City. I, I mean, I can't put wrap my head around making that adjustment every single year. It gets me excited. Uh, I love people that just get up and go. Um, I, it just really fascinates me, and I, I admire it. Yeah, it's really out of the box, man. So, uh, so, so, where are you coming from then? Uh, I grew up in Rochester, New York. Uh, I was there 19 years. If you don't know, it's uh, western New York, about 45 minutes away from the Canadian border, right on the uh, edge of Lake Ontario. Um, if you look up snowiest cities in America, you will always find Rochester and, you know, usually the top three. Um, really? Yes. It Damn. is. Uh, to me, it was normal. I grew up there and uh, Lake Effect Snow was just part of my life. Uh, it took some moving around to figure out that I lived in one of the snowiest places in the country. I do, I did enjoy it, 
But around 19, I left and joined the Navy. Wow. So, so you said 19 years old, you left and joined the Navy. And, and what spurred that decision? Just the adventure of it? Is it in your family, your fa- military family? No, it wasn't in the family. It was, uh, I just always had a feeling I needed to get out and see more. I was knew I wasn't going to be the person that stayed in my hometown. Uh, and that was kind of my ticket out. It's kind of unique that it was a seven-day decision of me. Uh, I made the decision to go. I went to the recruiter, and seven days later, I was in boot camp. Holy cow. What a yeah. What a life change. Yeah, I've always been the type to just go for it. I make a decision, and I, I just move. Um, so I went off to boot camp in Chicago uh, there for a few months. Uh, then I was stationed over in San Diego. So I got to live there for about a year. and. Uh, that was an awesome experience. I love Southern California. I uh, did a little traveling while I was out there. And then I got moved to Jacksonville, Florida. And I was stationed on a ship. I did a couple deployments, one to the Middle East, one to um, all across Europe. That was really good, the Nordics. Um, I finally got out. I moved back to California. I lived in San Diego for a little while. I uh, did some college there. And then uh, it came time for summer school, and California wasn't offering it, so I wanted to attend it, and I moved back to North Florida, where I live now in Ponte Vedra Beach, and I attended University of North Florida and graduated with a business degree. Wow, so, so you don't really, uh, you didn't want to really move back anywhere too snowy. You know what? I, I love the snow, but I love it even more when I just visit, see it, and leave. Uh, <laughs> Just to be honest, you know, um, I, I do enjoy, uh, I never skied. I grew up, uh, snowboarding. It was kind of after school thing where I grew up. Uh, when you get off of school, a bus would take you to, you know, the nearest mountain or hill and you could snowboard and get on the lifts and hang out and then it would bring you home at night. Uh, so I definitely grew up on the slopes. Um, I still enjoy that. I don't get to do it as often as I wish I could, but I did grow up doing that. Wow. Yeah, definitely not in Florida. You know, you're not gonna. No, you're not gonna get a whole um, lot of slopes there. <laughs> even though, I mean, I'm in pretty far north Florida, so we do get a lot more seasons than what people picture of Florida. Mm. Uh, it is 73 and sunny right now, but this past week we've had days in the low 40s. We've even touched the 30s a few times. Midwest was touching the the 40s and, and uh, I, I negative. Saw that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just. Uh, I mean, that's just crazy. I've been up there for uh, similar experiences, and there's just a point where it gets so cold where they shut down the schools and everything's frozen. It's kind of surreal. Man, I I saw pictures last week of people's, uh, like, the inside of their houses with frost inside, like on the baseboards and at the corners of the walls. There's frost, like, it looks like a, you know, white hand of death just growing on the seal it's crazy i can't even <laughs> that's so terrifying honestly thinking the cold is coming inside uh, i saw a warning in chicago that said uh be careful taking deep breaths serious so, yes oh that's very gosh. serious oh i can't even imagine that's just unbelievable so you traveled around the navy was that a good experience for you uh, I always say it's a, it was a fantastic experience. I would always do it again. 
but I'm happy I got out and pursued other things. I got to see the world. I, I've been to 16 different countries. Um, I've been to Norway, Sweden, Egypt, Bahrain, Dubai a bunch of times, uh, England, France, and so on. And just to get out and experience all that, uh, it was amazing. It, it's life-changing to see how many different ways there are to live life, um, see the cultures, the historic areas. It, it was great. Um, and it also paid for my college. So that's a bonus too. Not too shabby, man. Pay, paid travel and education. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... It, it had its tough times, um, but you, you get through it, and the camara- camaraderie between you and uh, the people you serve with is amazing. And I still have um, a good relationship with a lot of those people and a uh, brotherhood that kind of exists between veterans um, and myself. You know, we we actually I got this Friday uh, uh, episodes coming about out about a guy that started a veterans only like outdoor club to to kind of rebuild that camaraderie because they say that's like one of the hardest things to find when you get back home is the level of of yeah camaraderie and community yeah that's fantastic i think that's super cool um i know uh, a couple of companies like that hiking for heroes um it's just great to keep that community going uh it's an experience that we all went through and we can relate to each other on and like I said, I wouldn't change it. So you settled in Florida after this experience. Um, you got your education and got that paid for. That's awesome. And then, uh, and then what? What? What kind of ideas started going through your head? What kind of things were you into? And what led you led you to what you're doing? I think I'm unique in the fact that if you asked me from like the age ten on what I was going to do with my life, I would have told you I'm going to own some kind of business. I, I didn't know what it would look like. I didn't know how or when. But I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, So when I graduated college, I had a friend who was starting up a telecom sale company. Uh, We sold refurbished and used telecom equipment to companies like Comcast and CenturyLink. And we did good for a few years. Um, I I just knew I wanted to do something else. So I kind of looked around and I found a company local that does electronic recycling. And I knew it's a huge growing issue and I really, I was attracted to it because it's got the environmental aspect. Um, it's a very technological company. Um, they're into technology. They do full data wipes of all the equipment that comes in. Uh, everything is handled in the most environmentally friendly way. So I went in there and did business development for them. I did that for maybe a year and a half and I loved it. It was fulfilling. I liked the greater cause of it. But I still had the feeling, hey, I want to do something for myself. So, I mean, I wrote business plans. I thought about it and thought about it from anywhere from Jeep parts was one of the ideas I had to landscaping companies. And I really have always been interested in outdoors. I grew up playing in the woods. I love outdoor sports. I hit the trails as much as I can. I like to get out to Colorado and uh, do some trails. And I kind of saw a space in the market for premium quality goods that aren't quite as expensive as the premium quality goods that are available right now. There was kind of, you can get it from Walmart and it's extremely cheap, but not reliable. And the quality is definitely uh, lower grade, or you could go very premium, which is extremely expensive and the quality is great. So I wanted to see if I could create 
parallel quality for a cheaper price and try to get more people outdoors. Dang, what a great goal. So, so did you just, you just saw that as an opportunity in the market? Is there any other company kind of that, that compares to what you're doing that that's out there? Uh, I haven't seen anybody with the exact same message. Um, there, there are smaller brands. I also noticed a trend in every market uh, towards what's called micro brands. So because of social media and sharing and lifestyle brands and lifestyle communication throughout social media, these smaller brands have been emerging in almost every industry. Um, and they got called micro brands. And I kind of wanted to create one of those. I've always been interested in brands. I'm a huge fan of Phil Knight and Nike, uh, Kevin Plank and Under Armour. I'm an avid reader. I read their books, uh, read their biographies. And I wanted to get into it. And I was attracted to the outdoor space because it's what I like. I like traveling. I like being outdoors. I like a little bit of thrill and adventure. And that's kind of where I went with it. I also like the appeal that you can have gear and apparel. That's interesting. I've I've actually heard the phrase micro micro branding. But now that I think about it, I, I do see a lot of industries going to smaller and smaller companies that kind of taken are taking up a larger and larger percentage of the industry obviously i'm one of the easiest examples i see just because you know we're we're on one is podcasts you're taking basically the monopoly of television and radio like fm am radio and giving it to millions of people across the world just with a microphone in their bedroom to grow an audience and contact companies for sponsorships and so it's kind of decentralizing entertainment youtube's another big one you know tv i would so much rather watch youtube than television because i can avoid a lot of ads i i can get really high-end quality production without all the like the fluff of television that that appeals to the masses i can get something much more specific to what i want and uh communicates better to me and so i can't imagine why gear and apparel don't do the same thing so is that kind of the same thing of what you're talking about yeah, Mason, uh, that's a perfect example. So if you think like your nighttime sitcom, talk radio or talk uh, television, you know, there's a bunch of people in suits behind it. They have to get in their advertising. It's like five minutes of dialogue and then advertising, five more minutes of dialogue, and then the closeout. Yeah, I mean, yeah. podcasts have come in. Everybody hits their niche. Uh, you have some great free-flowing conversations. You get interesting guests, and it's uninterrupted unfiltered content it's it's really uh on point with what we're trying to do within our brand that's awesome so so after you had that idea and uh started thinking about it more writing stuff down what was your first few steps like what you do because we we have a lot of listeners that have ideas um have things that they want to maybe change in their life and do uh from a business standpoint of view what were those some of those first steps for you I was lucky enough to have some e-commerce experience. My degree uh, was focused in marketing. Um, Every company I'd worked for previously, the previous two, were small enough to where I had hands on everything. I was in accounting to sales to marketing to website development. And I really got to see all sides of a business, which is a big advantage because once I started this, it was only me. Um, I didn't have employees. I didn't have anything. So the first thing I started with was logo design, and uh, I found some freelancers. I had them design a nice logo, and uh, I went on. I I found the website. Um, I had to create emails. Um, 
it was it was a lot of different things and i had to figure out what what gear do i want to come out with first and how do i get the designs for it how do i get it manufactured um i finally connected with a friend who owns a company that sells third-party auto parts and he has all his manufacturing done in asia and as a side business he connects u.s companies looking to have products mass manufactured in asia somewhere he connects them to vetted um, quality assured uh, ethical manufacturers in china so i called him and he connected me to some manufacturers and we started working together um, they were really helpful in the design of some of my products and bringing them to life and um, there was a lot to learn from different kinds of materials to different kinds of zippers to everything it's just been an incredible learning curve Man, so so all the gear that you guys sell, you design from the ground up? We we kind of take pieces of what we like and see from what's uh, already yeah, out yeah. there. True, true. And, I mean, yeah, that makes combine. sense. You don't recreate the wheel, I guess. No, uh, I mean, a, a pack's a pack, but what do we like about packs? Uh, for example, our tactical backpack, um, we took what we liked about other ones and we made it thicker. Ours is 800D uh, nylon, which was new to me i didn't know you know i didn't know all the different terms for um uh textiles yeah yeah so that means nothing d- to me <laughs> so. your standard school backpack is maybe 200 d it's a, a ballistic weave and it just makes it so much more thicker and durable so when you put your hands on the tactical backpack you you're you automatically think wow this thing is Super heavy duty. It's not going to rip. It's not going to tear. It's going to last me forever. And that's what we were going for with that. But I had to get the knowledge of the different kinds of textiles. And I had a lot of help doing that. So, yeah, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I used to carry cans of food into the backcountry. And uh, I know there's a lot lighter things to do. But uh, there's just a lot of options that aren't good for you or either too heavy um, and that's why I really do uh, use Peak Refuel now. Um, they're a new backpacking food company. And I say backpacking food. Really, it's just uh, freeze-dried food that you can use for anything. I've actually eaten it for dinner before with my family uh, because it's real food. It's not. It does not taste like backpacking food or hunting food or something that you're only going to eat in the backcountry. It's, it's delicious high uh, in protein, uh, nutritious. It is going to refuel you. It is filling huge portions. And I really encourage you all to give it a shot. At least try it out. Uh, And that is peakrefuel.com. And if you want to get 20% off an order, uh, use the code ASP20. And that's capital ASP and then two zero. Now back to the episode. Wow. So, so how, how long did it take from concept to selling your first piece of gear um, with learning all that, setting up all that, logos, websites, it's getting email accounts, you know, all that? Right. Um, I would say at least seven months. So, so we started it and then i mean there's even more to it the social media who's going to run the social media marketing uh, you know i understand marketing but i don't know how to make graphics for social media and all that kind of stuff so i had to put together a team of people that knew these areas better than i did 
I knew the overview of everything. I needed someone technically able to do this kind of stuff. Um, and then once we had the, our designs in place, we had to wait for the manufacturing process. We had to, um, you know, work with freight forwarding companies and get our mass produced products in to our warehouse. And, uh, I have from a lot of familiarity with, uh, shipping. So the whole shipping process, uh, we, we had that down pretty well and maybe seven months into it, we got our first order. But that was a good feeling. Uh, it was. Uh, our whole motto since we started the business was get in business and stay in business. So let's just start this thing. And I feel like a lot of people and business owners are like, this has to be perfect before we bring it to market. We said, let's do the best we can and get it to market and start adapting as we go. So what some people might not realize is a lot of the time uh, they're talking to me. You know, I have a lot of people um, to handle the emails and customer service and stuff, but I want to be involved in that because I want to know what people are saying. I want to know what, if people are having issues. I want to know uh, the compliments we get. I want to be part of that, and I want to take that feedback and kind of steer the business in the direction of what the customer likes and doesn't like and what they want to see in the future. That's interesting. One, because, you know, being the owner and founder as this thing grows, wanting to stay connected with customer, like, you know, face, not face to face, maybe, but like directly involved with the customer through email, maybe face to face or whatever, um, on the phone. That's, uh, I've noticed a lot of big companies are doing that now. Uh, like, like I just heard, I just listened to a podcast and one, I mean, a huge company, they have hundreds of employees and this, the CEO's personal email is available on the website and he will respond to you personally within minutes at any point in the day. That's his policy. And he said after, you know, 15 years, he's been able to maintain that rule and that has helped. Like it blows people away. Because they're like, what? This is, I'm talking to the CEO. I can just make my request or make my concern known and it'll be taken care of. And what's cool about what you're building um, with this kind of like micro uh, initiative around it, this micro industry kind of micro brands, that's going to be a lot more doable as you guys grow. Because you probably want to go to, only want to get to a certain point of growth and then at that level, you're still able to communicate with most people that want to talk to you personally. Yeah. Um, we are always reinvesting in the business. So when we have a profit, it goes right back into, all right, what's our next piece of gear going to be? Uh, so we're going to keep growing. Uh, we're growing fast. We've tripled our product line in the first year. And, uh, Maybe in a month or two, we, we're introducing a whole new line of apparel, um, some geared at women. Uh, we, we didn't do a great job of that at first. Uh, now we're going to have women cuts of uh, shirts, women's hoodies, women's leggings, uh, colors that also work better for females. And then we have uh, new shirts coming out for men, new hoodies. Um, we have uh, duffel bags coming out, travel bags coming out. So with the money we make, we just go into what's our next product. So we're just going to keep expanding the line and keep growing and bringing in new people and building a community. And I want to be part of it. I, I'm turned off by companies where you feel detached from the owners and the people involved in the business. I want to be able to talk to them. I want to um, be build a community. 
I like that approach to business. Um, I talk to a ton of people. I really do. I'll, I'll just randomly throughout the day jump on our um, our social media page, uh, Instagram, Zero Mile Mark. And although I'm not the one running the page, which uh, is actually done by a young girl named Ashley, who's just been doing a fantastic job with her team. Um, I couldn't be happier. She's enthusiastic and talking to people. But anyways, I just wanted to give a shout out to her. Um, yeah, I no get problem. on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, job, let her know she's doing a good job to the world. But I, uh, I get on there and I'll jump in conversations. Uh, I'll look at what people are DMing us. I'll look at comments. I will talk to people. I just want to know everything that's going on. I love how the whole industry, whether you're a customer or a team member of ours, uh, it really is a community. The whole outdoors industry, it, it's amazing. That's really neat, man. That's really neat. So what's your overall goal with it? You know, you talk about micro branding, but how, how big do you want to get? Uh, as long as we can grow, I'm going to keep growing it. Uh, as, as long, And I'm going to keep listening to customers. Um, I think that's a unique way to do business. I, I think a lot of people try to put their companies out there in a way that they want to present them to the market. I want to listen to people. What, what do you want next? I want to ask people, um, you know, what product do you want to see? What colors do you want to see? And we'll try to bring that to life. And I'm just going to keep going. I really feel like the sky's the limit. Uh, operationally, we're scalable. Uh, it's almost unlimited. We can handle any capacity. Well, we can ship worldwide. In the next month or so, we are expanding our shipping process. We're going to be... Um, have a location in Salt Lake City and one in Tennessee because uh, I understand it can be it's too expensive for us to ship to the West Coast right now. Well, obviously we do, but it's expensive and it also is a poor customer experience that they have to wait a couple extra days uh, to get their products. So once we have our warehouse open in Salt Lake City, um, it'll cut down uh, shipping times to about two days throughout the entire continental U.S., which is a positive for everybody. It really cuts our cost, which is helping uh, our margins and helps us grow faster. And it really is a much better customer experience to get your product in two days. I think Amazon set that standard and you just have to live with it. Yeah, true, man. So, so uh, you know, you guys <clears throat> have, you know, tents and trekking poles and, and headlamps uh, is it difficult for you to come up with new designs and like be confident in a product to basically make it a part of your fleet or does it come pretty natural? There's products we like more than others. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're confident enough in all of them to uh, sell them proudly, but there's some that like when I put my hands on it and I using it personally, I'm like, wow, this is the best. I wish more people knew about it because this is the best. To me, our alpha headlamp and our trekking poles are just amazing. They're, they're second to none. They're durable. They're lightweight. Um, the alpha headlamp, the motion on and off feature is just, I mean, no one else is doing it. Uh, and I love those products. I love them personally, and I would back them up against any brand in the world. So, man, tell me about the name where did zero mile mark come from um well 
I wish I could tell you uh, some fancy, amazing story about how it came to me on Kilimanjaro or something, but I, I needed to look for a name and I grabbed a, uh, a really old, like, I think it was an old Boy Scout manual and I'm flipping through the glossary and I'm looking, I'm looking and obviously zero mile mark. I made it all the way to the Z's and uh, I saw a bunch of outdoor related names and I just felt like they were so cliche. And when I got to zero mile mark, um, obviously to a, a hiker or someone with a map, it's where you make your zero mile mark. This is where I went into the woods or started the trail. You mark it uh, zero and then your first mile mark, second mile mark and you, as you mark your trail before there was GPSs and all that. Um, so it was a hiking outdoors term. But the way I saw it is it's the beginning of a journey. And that's what we were doing. And we came out with uh, keep tracking. So zero mile marks, the beginning of your journey, and you just keep tracking. You keep going. You, you go a little further, a little higher, a little farther. And we kind of liked how that related to all aspects of life, not just getting out on the trails or whatever sport you're into. I love it. I love it, man. So so our, what kind of adventure sports do you do now? Do you even have time to do anything, or is it just, just work? Uh, lately, it's been a lot of work. but <laughs> I get it. I get it. Same <laughs> <I do>. here. <laughs> Yeah, I do get out. Um, I love to hit trails. Uh, I I love hiking. Um, uh, I live in Florida, which not too many people see as a big outdoor spot. But we do have some local trails that, to me, it's amazing. It's like going back in time. Uh, It feels like Jurassic Park. Um, There's alligators. There's salt water. There's brackish water. There's fresh water. There's palm trees and pine trees. It's a very interesting place to get out there. Man, I'm so glad you said that, Ed. People probably get tired of hearing it, honestly, because I mentioned like every other show I'm from Florida, but it always <laughs> right. comes up in the conversation. And uh, right. I, I tell people like it is super underrated because of it's it's tropical. It's really tropical, um, especially down south. But then it has this mixture of really crazy wilderness and the gators with crocodiles in the south and 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 deer, hogs, uh, sharks, uh, snow. I mean, there's, right. there's that mixture of ocean wildlife and this really prehistoric looking cypress trees and ferns with gators, like all mixed together. It's a, it's like Australia. Um, just the danger of everything in Australia is like right there in Florida. It's crazy. And then all the people yeah. are crazy too. <laughs> uh, I completely agree with that. Uh, you're probably crazy safer place. on the trail with the gators. Yeah, no, I'm I'm joking. I love <laughs> yeah. Florida. But, uh, well, you know how you mentioned you didn't really know growing up that the snow was as bad as it was. Well, I didn't know growing up. Like I just thought, you know, half the people you knew were just crazy. <laughs> I didn't realize it was just because it was Central Florida. You know what I mean? <laughs> or South yeah, Florida. Must be something in the water. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so, so, yeah, so I I get out locally. Um, and last year I actually did some traveling. I went to uh, I like to go to Colorado. I usually fly into Denver. Um, sometimes I go to the outdoor retail show. Uh, most of the time I just go right up to Boulder and meet up with some uh, friends and teammates, and we. Uh, I've hit the 4th of July trail. I've done a couple 14ers, done the Hesse trail. I, I love Colorado. I love those views. I love the trails. I love the weather when it, it's around summertime. Um, and what else did I do? I, I got up to uh, Tennessee, 
and oh, yeah. the Smoky Mountains. I was up there for um, maybe a week and a half, just wow. hitting, hitting trail after trail, uh, swam in some lakes and some rivers, had a really good time. I went to one of the most interesting things I did last year was go to uh, Mammoth Cave National Park in Kentucky. Oh, yeah. I've actually never been there. The the largest cave system on Earth. I had no idea. And really? while we were in the Smokies, I was like, hey, this place is, uh, you know, a couple hours away. Let's do it. And we went there and it was an amazing experience uh, to be that deep in the cave. And there's a point where your guide will shut off the light to show you what it would look like with no lights. And it's absolute pitch black. Uh, just, just a terrain and a feeling like I've never had before. There's parts where the, the trail inside the cave gets very, very skinny. You got to turn sideways and kind of shuffle through it. Oh, um, it's a unique feeling. The drips are coming off the ceiling. Uh, yeah, I, I suggest anybody that can get out there, please get out there. It's amazing. Fantastic. So, so, you know, you guys are selling, you're selling your gear. Um, I assume to, to people getting ready to go on adventures. Cause it's, it's a lot of, uh, backpacking and camping based stuff. Right. Um, where's, where's one of the coolest places you've seen either one of your shirts or, or products, uh, with your name on it? Where, where, where have you seen that stuff go? Uh, I I recently just got an email from a couple of guys backpacking all the way across Iceland. Um really? starting at one side, going to the other, and they both had uh they both had the alpha headlamp and they both had the tent. And they were said they were about halfway through and they sent me an email with the picture of the tent with the rain coming down sideways. Uh frozen rain it looked like and they said just want to let you know that everything's holding up great and we're very impressed. Wow. And I saved the email. I spread it around to all everybody on the team. And I was like, hey, check this out. Um, and that was recent. So it's funny you asked that question. Um, that was super cool to know that people are going all the way across Iceland in our gear. Um, besides that, there's really no rhyme or reason to geography and where we sell. I've seen stuff go to Maine, Colorado, Utah, Oregon. Uh, I've seen it go to Miami, Florida. Um it's one of my favorite things to do is log into the website and see where everything is going. And it's all over. If you put up a map of the U.S., there's just a bunch of random dots all over it. So all of you know that uh, I deal with some chronic pain, some chronic inflammation in my knees. And it's been an issue with my adventure sports career. Uh, but we just had Caleb Simpson on the show to talk about his company, Hemp Daddies. And I'm actually going to give their products a shot and see how they do. I'm going to be using their CBD oil and transdermal cream. I've been trying it out about a week now, and I've actually noticed I sleep better. Um, my stress and anxiety have even lowered a little bit, as well as my knees do feel a lot better. Their products are third-party lab-tested. They're made from USDA organic hemp, and they're grown on a family farm right here in Colorado. If you'd like to give it a shot yourself, go to their website, hempdaddies.com, and use the code ADVENTURE to get 10% off your first order and free shipping. And I will keep you in the loop about how it does for me. So buying ski gear can be a pretty daunting process especially when it's online. But Powder 7 made that process incredibly easy. They live by their mantra, which is skiing for all, all for skiing, by being completely dedicated just to skiing and encouraging anyone and everyone to participate all year long. 
It really doesn't matter if you're looking for your first pair of skis or looking to round out your quiver. Uh, they have literally thousands of skis in stock, uh, new and used, so you can get a really good deal. A team of ski experts to help you find the perfect ski for you. And they stock every brand you can imagine. And not only skis, but they have everything else you need, whether it's a helmet or goggles, apparel, boots, bindings, poles, literally everything. The only thing they really don't get you is a lift ticket. It's crazy. So you can visit them online at powder7.com or stop by their store there in Golden, Colorado. But make sure you give them a shot before trying anywhere else for your ski equipment. You know, that's, you know, we talk about it a lot on this show, um, just doing something that, that gets you out there and, uh, gets you personally moving. Um, but then, then it's almost like the, the idea for a lot of people matures into something that not only gets them, but gets other people, uh, to do something. And that's kind of where we are with the show, you know, I, I, I personally, I don't always get to get out there kind of like you don't always get to get out there, but you get to see how many hundreds or thousands or however many people you get to influence to get out there. And that has this whole new level of, of satisfaction of, of fulfillment. And, uh, I can't imagine watching an idea that was just in your head, um, just a few years ago, take shape and honestly, just involve so many people now like it's pretty awesome to watch that go from a concept to reality and now there's tons of people around the world using this gear that was once just an idea in your head you know i love it 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 is it's a very satisfying unique feeling and that's what keeps me going that's what keeps me interested that someone finds value out of something we came up with that someone hits the trail with our trekking poles or our bag and is impressed by it and and likes it. Um, that's one thing I've done as far as getting my team together and hiring people. Um, I've always said that I'll hire for attitude and train any skill I need to. Um, the people that are part of our team, they they believe in the brand, they care about the brand, they have a personal um, attachment to the brand, which is amazing to me. Um, anybody can learn anything, I believe, uh, but the attitude of feeling part of the community is what we really wanted to hire. And because of that, we've come up with a pretty strong team of people who believe and want to see this work. So far, you're happy with the team you've built? Yeah. You know, I've had to shuffle around some pieces, but where I'm at right now, I'm, I'm very happy. And we'll continue to grow. We'll continue to find new people, a bigger community. Um, but that's all I want to see, uh, just people that really appreciate what we're doing. Uh, I'm happy to make them part of it. That's fantastic. So, uh, are you guys hiring? Uh, right now, I, I I don't see exactly a open space, but I mean that can change in two months. It, everything's changing. Everything changes quickly. Uh, like I said, we have the Salt Lake City uh, area opening, the Tennessee area opening, and that's going to need uh, shipping managers and all that kind of stuff. But we'll get on that, um, and I'll put out the word when the time comes. We're always looking for social media influencers. Um, we get a lot of submissions that go straight to our marketing team, and they'll go through that and you know kind of vet people out and see who fits the brand and who they think's active on social media and is looking for more than you know a, a free couple of pieces of gear and actually want to promote the brand. Cool, yeah, man. Just we we. 
you know, we have a lot of people that call in that send emails and are like, you know, um, I'm looking to build a career in the outdoors. I'm getting ready to graduate from college. And, and I just want to know if you'd be open to at least people reaching out in case they're listening to the show and, and want to kind of be in the loop when things continue growing for you. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I'm not afraid to put out my personal email. Anyone can email me at brian at zero mile mark dot com. Um, I'll always answer. I always have a rule, even if it goes to um, somewhere else on the team and email, if it's not answered within an hour, I will personally get on and answer it. I don't care if it's Sunday night. I don't care if it's Saturday morning. I, I always get back to customers and clients and anybody who uh, wants to talk about the business. Perfect, man. So, uh, so yeah, so could you, could you just share, um, I usually always ask this uh, towards the end of the interview, you know, share, could you share one thing that has been surprisingly easy about starting this company from from nothing, and and one thing that has kind of surprised you with how difficult it's been? Uh, I'll start with the difficulty. All right, uh, I like it. I kind of I went into this with the naive attitude of if I build it, they will come. <laughs> So I came out with the products. I built the website. I built the back end. I got employees, uh, perfected the operation, posted the website up, and it was crickets. And I was like, hey, it's not supposed to work this way. Um, so it took me getting involved in social media, getting involved in marketing, uh, actually talking to people, letting people know, calling people, making the sales calls all that kind of stuff to create a buzz and let people know we're out there. Um, so that was kind of difficult in the beginning just because, uh, I mean, I was pretty naive. Um, I, I kind of overestimated uh, what we could do. And there's a quote I love. Um, I can't remember who said it. I think it was Bill Gates. He said, uh, you overestimate what you could accomplish in one year, but you underestimate what you can accomplish in five. And we're kind of living that out now. Wow. No, yeah, I've definitely heard that quote many times before, but it is, it's always a good reminder when I hear it again, because man, that's, that's really true for a lot of people. I know I yeah. overestimate what I can do in a year. Right. But then if you look back in a couple, you, you kind of see, wow, think about it was an idea in my head and look what we have now. Um, it, it's really impressive. Um, I would say the easiest thing is doing what I really enjoy. Uh, when I was an employee, I thought about something from the time I punched the clock to the time I punched out. That's when I thought about it. With ZMM or Zero Mile Mark, uh, from the second I wake up to the second I go to sleep, I think about it. Um, I'm always thinking about it, always thinking of ideas, always looking over processes, looking over products. What else can I do? What else can I be doing? And it's very easy to do when you actually care about it and you like what you're doing and you have a goal. Um, I think everyone should always have a goal. And ours is to just keep growing this thing and see what we can become. And we're going to keep doing that. You know, it's I, I like you, you You pointed that out. It's, it's something usually that you would be doing anyway in your free time. Like this is, you know, you think about it all the time probably because you enjoy it in in a lot of ways. You enjoy pushing this kind of company maybe versus other things you've worked on before. Um, comes natural to you in a way versus a job you, you hate. 
Yeah, and, and we've got to do some interesting things to kind of give back to the community. Um, for example, we donated a bunch of equipment to uh, a benefit called Heart of Hope, and it uh, they'll raffle off our equipment at their event to support families whose kids have cardiac disease. Um, there's a company called People Who Hike. We supplied all a bunch of foster children with equipment, and then they took them out on a guided hike. And I can't remember what month it was last year, but we donated 10% of all our sales to the American Red Cross during the California wildfires to help with those efforts. Wow. And those are things that are super fulfilling to me. Yeah. Um, to be able to give back, to be able to help out the community, it, it, it's fun. I enjoy it, and we'll keep doing stuff like that. That is really cool. And, uh, well, congratulations on what you built so far, and I, I hope it continues to grow and uh it's just one piece of advice you have for people that have an idea out there, but don't don't know where to begin or don't have the maybe the confidence or the know-how to go after it. Oh, I think you just have to do it. Uh, like I said, I had written a bunch of business plans and I had thought about a bunch of ideas. And I, I have people come to me all the time and say, hey, I have this idea. Well, I always say you have to do something now. You have to pick your idea, narrow it down, and say, all right, everything is going into this idea. And see what happens. Um, one thing that helped me in the beginning was I got the advice of get a credit card with your business name on it, um, get an LLC, and get a business card that says owner CEO on it. That changes your mindset. All of a sudden, you're uh, the owner of a business overnight, and you start thinking that way. So just do it. Take the first step, and then every step you take after that, you can look back in a week and see where you've gone, a, a month and see where you've gotten, in years. It's funny you say that. Uh, that's very, very true. Psychology behind it is whether you're doing an adventure itself or um, running a business based on the advent adventure outdoors mindset is everything and these little things that you think are insignificant but like you just said get a, get a credit card or debit card or something get a business card and, and uh you know website just a few things to make it feel legitimate will will really it's like lighting a fire man i was gonna say once you start the path it just builds on itself yes um so if you do those couple of few things you're gonna forget about all the ideas that pull you in different directions and you're gonna start building on what you've created the foundation wow that's awesome. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, man, I have this guy that's like a mentor for me and he, he's like, you cannot even think negative thoughts. Like you cannot even, everything you do is based on what you already believe about yourself. And so it, it, you don't even realize it, but all these things are keeping you like, like from, from reaching, you know, new, you know, reaching that full potential. And, uh, little steps like getting those business cards together, just telling people this is what I'm doing. It's really validating and makes a huge difference that you wouldn't think it does, but it really does. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it, and that's something I always focus on. I focus on mindset. You can't help the negative thoughts, but you have to know when they come in, block them out and keep going. Uh, Cause you know, James Colley said it, the ice mule uh, owner, I heard him say it on your podcast. He said, there's days where I feel like a genius and there's days I feel like I'm failing at everything. And that stuff happens. You just have to minimize the valleys and enjoy the peaks. We try to celebrate small victories and just keep moving forward. Uh, we're not going to quit 
that's for sure. This is what I do with my entire life. Uh, there is no quit in us. We'll just keep on going. Um, and if there's no other choice, if you uh, burn the bridge, as they say, then you have no choice but to succeed. Fantastic. Oh, I do want to mention uh, we are running a tent promotion. Um, anybody that comes over to our website and buys equipment, which is anything that's not apparel or, apparel or our foldable uh, water bottle, will get a free tent. Really? And we're doing that for a real short amount of time because it's kind of crazy, but we love how it just gets our stuff out there. Um, we kind of consider it a marketing cost. It's a heck of a deal. Um, and we're excited about it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we, I'll announce that too in the show notes. Um, so how can people keep up with your company? How can they find out more about you and the company? Uh, the website, zeromilemark.com. Um, we have any news on there. We have all our products on there. We also run a fantastic blog where we release a, a informative article or listicle every 1st and 15th. Um, you can go on there and check out our old ones. We've put out some press releases to let you know uh, what's coming up with the company, uh, any big events that have happened. Uh, we're very active on social media. Our Instagram is at zero.mile.mark. Uh, you can go on there. We're always posting and doing stories, uh, show you some behind the scenes of our warehouse, our shipping, photography, everything. Um, and feel free to DM us. Uh, you can email me personally at brian.zero.mile or brian at zeromilemark.com or info at zeromilemark to talk to the team. Perfect. All right. And all that will be in the show notes too. Uh, well, Brian, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Yeah, Mason, I appreciate it. Um, I think you got a great podcast. Uh, I really am a fan. I really do listen myself. Uh, and I'm excited for what you got going on. You're getting close to 500 episodes. Yeah, we're getting, it's going to be in a few months, man. 500 episodes. We'll have to think of something special to do. Don't know what yet. We'll, we'll, we, we got something in mind, but yeah. well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. You got a fan. Um, keep up the good work. Everything you're doing is fantastic too. Well, good, good. Well, it's uh, it's mutual. It's this uh, micro brand industry, man. We we're all out here just plugging away at our thing, and the more we support each other, the better. I agree. All right. Well, Brian, thanks right, so Mason. much, man. Yep. Thank you, Mason. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Okay. Right. Take care. Bye. First of all, thank you so much for listening to the episode. Uh, secondly, if you would like to get in touch, you can leave us a voicemail at 812-MAIL-POD. You can also send us an email, info at adventuresportspodcast.com. Get a hold of us on Facebook, Instagram. Contact us on the website. Like, There's just a thousand ways to do it. If you know somebody that would make a good guest for the show, whether, they're, whether it's you or somebody you know with a really cool story or background or does an interesting sport, get in touch. We'd love to have them on. Also, if you'd like to be a patron, a.k.a. a supporter of the show, patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast you can sign up for as little as a buck a month you can sign up for five bucks a month and lastly thank you to our sponsors whose messages follow right now if you want to save 20 percent off the best backpacking food on planet earth go to peakrefuel.com and at checkout use the code asp20 
Powder 7 is setting the bar for ski retailers everywhere with their personalized service, wide selection of skis, and gear. Visit them online at powder7.com or stop by their store in Golden, Colorado. Also, don't forget, if you're dealing with inflammation, pain, stress, anxiety, lack of sleep, check out HempDaddies.com for CBD oil and transdermal cream. And use the code ADVENTURE at checkout to save 10%.